This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. We've had another elimination round in the toy leadership race. And it is Kemi Badenoch who has been the kind of breakout star of this contest who is out. And the scores on the doors were as follows. Kemi Badenoch was on 59 votes, up by one from yesterday. Penny Morden was on 92, up by 10. Liz Truss was on 86, up by 15. And Rishi Sunak was on 118, up by three. Katie Balls, where do you think this leaves the race between Liz Truss and Penny Morden? Which one of them will be more confident of picking up support from Kemi Badenoch's former backers? Well, Penny Mordaunt's still in second place, but I think it's ultimately a better result for Liz Truss in the sense that if you look at the pool of votes to now go from, which is Kemi Badenox, and there are 59 votes there, I think they're more likely to fall in either Liz Truss pool or actually the Rishi Sunak pool um, than necessarily the Penny Mordaunt one. And therefore, I think there's a situation where We've seen throughout this contest, the right has been divided. I think that there has been light, might be an under um, estimation, exasperation from the Liz Trust team about Kemi Badenoch's bid, which they felt was preventing lots of their supporters from going to Liz Trust. And now that Kemi Badenoch is out of the race, I think there is a situation whereby they can unite around one candidate. Now, as ever, usual caveats, um, not every supporter is going to go in the same direction. Let's see if Kemi Badenoch does an endorsement. But I think if you're looking at where it goes, it does feel that this is the chance where this trust can actually make some quite big gains by the next round. It's worth also pointing out that Rishi Sunak still hasn't hit 120, so he does need to get over the line. And I think that we were hearing ahead of this vote some of the uh, some supporters saying, I didn't quite understand the logic that they were going to back Penny Morden to try and hurt Liz Truss in this round, or perhaps in the next round, so as to make sure it was Penny Morden versus Rishi Sunak rather than Liz Truss in the final two. Looking at these numbers, I think if you play that kind of game, you're going to have a, a result which you just cannot predict. And actually, there isn't enough space in this contest for all the talk of engineering votes and dark arts, I think, to have a strategy by which you're selecting the final two. So I think this result, while it isn't great for Rishi Sunak... I actually wonder if it is good in its own way, in the sense that if he was on 127, I think there would be a sense of complacency amongst some of his supporters that they could lend votes to Penny Morden and try and stop Liz Truss. And I think this is just a reminder that things are so tight, every vote counts. Yeah, I, I think that when Boris Johnson was supposedly lending votes, I, mean, I think we can be fairly confident that, that his team maybe did, he had massively more support than any of the candidates do in this contest. And, and therefore, it was a relatively risk-free exercise for him. I think, frankly, any candidate in this contest who was lending votes would be behaving in a kind of suicidal uh, manner. Um, Isabel, when you look at this, what do you think... Penny Morden and Liz Truss's pitches will be in we've only got you know the frenetic nature of his contest means that there is less than 24 hours where MPs are once more piling into the division room to vote what do you think they will try and do in that 24 hours 
So uh, you'll find out in, in more detail in the Spectator Hustings podcast, which is coming out a bit later today. But I think you'll f- see from Liz Truss a real squeezing of um, some of the doubts about Penny Mordaunt and her experience and suitability to walk into number 10 and get going from day one, uh, which uh, that's Liz Truss's pitch. You know, I'm the candidate who can hit the ground running from day one, she always says. And her supporters, such as Lord Frost, have already started to try to sow doubts in Tory MPs' minds about Penny Mordaunt and about whether or not she can be relied upon and whether she would be suitably visible and suitably across the detail to step into uh, the Prime Ministerial Office, which is always a difficult job, but which is a particularly difficult and punishing one at this time. Conversely, I think Penny Mordaunt's pitch will be, look... I'm sufficiently removed from what has happened over the past few months. Uh, Some people in the Boris Johnson cabinet might say that she was too removed from it in a sort of very disloyal and quite obvious way to represent a bit of a fresh start with fresh new ideas, with a a better way of uh, working out how to unite the party than the others. So, And I think we're also going to see her continuing to criticise what she sees as being the negative campaigning. She never specifically says it's Liz Truss what done it, but the implication is there. Katie was Kevin Badenoch's position in the Tory party now. You know, she was someone who was she's obviously a spectator alumni, so well known in this building, but she was someone who was previously kind of a West, Westminster aficionados knew who she was. She wasn't that well known outside of Westminster. In this race, she has become a massive grassroots favourite. She has got 59 votes. She's still in the race when cabinet ministers are out of the race. What do you think the future holds for her? Well, I think, in a way, Kerry Bader has been knocked out, but her frontline politics career is just beginning. And I think it'd be quite surprising if she wasn't offered a cabinet job by whoever wins the contest in the situation of all three of the candidates remaining if they were to end up in 10 Downing Street, because she hasn't made many enemies. I think she's quite clearly a favourite on the right of the party. The media currently, but these things can turn quickly, um, you know, loves her. The grassroots, you were seeing polling, which suggested that she would beat every candidate in the, in the final round. And I mean, one of the reasons I think MPs did not get behind her was just the lack of experience, the fact she hadn't had a cabinet role. Now, when she spoke at her launch, and I, and I put that to her, you know, saying some people think it would actually be irresponsible to put, you know, somebody who's only been a junior minister in number 10 in the highest office she said well actually no it's it's a good thing and I work very hard and it, sh- and it shows I'm not implicating these decisions but therefore you you do think first off I think a cabinet job is very likely but secondly she's often spoken about as someone who had this been a contest for leader of the opposition I think MPs think that she would have won it in the sense that what was holding her back so this lack of experience in terms of going into this job of really serious things at the moment in terms of cost of living I think if it was a leader of the opposition role, she would have all the things that they prioritise the most in terms of being a very good communicator, rallying the right of the party, being able to go at Labour. And therefore, I think she's one to watch. Now, it could be that the Tories do win a fifth term, but very much the jury is out at the moment, particularly as this Tory leadership contest goes on and it gets messier and messier. We could be heading to a blue and blue summer if it's Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. Uh, and therefore, I think that Kemi Baden is certainly one to watch, both in terms of the government that will form once we get to September and we have a new leader, but also what comes after whether that is failure or victory for the Tories. And and Isabel Harmon, when you look at this field, right, we're going down to three candidates. This is always the moment of maximum drama in that, you know, only two can get to go to the country. 
What do you think those three candidates need to do in the next 24 hours? So I think if we take each of them in turn, I think there's a risk that Rishi Sunak appears to have run out of steam a little bit and his campaign will be wanting to give the impression that he still has a a wider constituency within the party, within the party membership. I think there's also a a worry amongst some of those supporting Sunak that um, those still around Boris Johnson are so upset with uh, Rishi Sunak um, for for being, as they see it, the key cause of Boris Johnson's downfall, that they are trying to sort of wreak revenge by trying to poison other MPs against them. There's a sort of tense atmosphere on the terrace whenever the two groups meet or don't meet, sort of glare at one another. And uh, so that I think there's sort of worries about that. Then if you look at Penny Mordaunt, uh, she's got to work out how to reassure Conservative MPs that she's not actually Kemi Badenoch starred herself as the wildcard candidate. I think Penny Mordaunt's risk is that she's the wild candidate and that her ideas are a little bit too unformed, that her experience is a little bit too unformed, and so on. Liz Truss is obviously the established, you know, an established minister, someone who's got lots of experience and is able to say to her colleagues, uh, you know, I've stood up to Putin, I've got a really tough stance on China but I think talking to to some MPs who haven't backed her thus far but are from that wing of the party one of the things that she needs to work on is just her I think her I don't say her likability but I think in contrast to Kemi Badenoch who is someone who had quite a lot of sort of personal loyalty I think there are people in the party who have confessed to me that they're actually still quite scared of Liz Truss which on one level is probably a good thing as a prime minister who's going to you know stare down Vladimir Putin But on another level, there's a possible human disconnect problem there, which, as we know, the Conservative Party can be quite a lot like 14-year-olds at discos who get very excited that someone looks at them and pays them enough attention. And if there is a sort of interpersonal issue there, then that's something that Trust will want to reassure would-be supporters that she can overcome when she's in number 10. And Katie, on Monday night, the, the two candidates who do go forward end up, in a debate on the BBC. That that debate is obviously important given how early the ballot papers are going to go out. I know we don't know who the two candidates are, so this is perhaps an unreasonable question and you should feel free to tell me that. What Do, do you think that debate will be more or less civil than Sunday night's affair? Well, ultimately, one of the reasons that both Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak decided to pull out of the debate was, well, there are a few reasons. One, I think they were both fairly happy where their campaigns were, so it wasn't a great loss or huge risk them not to go ahead with the debate. It would be more risky to their campaigns to go ahead with it, so there was self-interest. Two, though, the level of blue and blue was upsetting MPs, and therefore they had to be careful so as not to put people off, and also particularly with that duo, so I think this probably hurt Liz Truss more. People started to say, well, actually, maybe it's better to have Penny Warder versus Rishi Sunak just so we don't have this awful summer with the you know team Boris trying to you know go through Liz trust to inflict hell on earth and Rishi Sunak and so forth and just have you know weeks and weeks of psychodrama so I, I would imagine on Monday's debate if it is Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss which is the one which has a risk I think of being the greatest blue on blue I would imagine they will try and be a bit restrained Ultimately, they no longer need MPs to, to vote for them, but they do need MPs to go out and bat for them. They do need MPs to want to work in their governments. Um, so even if you're through the mechanics of that round, I think they will want to put on at least a veneer of being able to be civil to one another. I think that there are limits to this in the sense that 
the problem is Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak have such competing visions and competing plans for the economy. You know, Rishi Sunak has accused Liz Truss of a socialist approach. Jacob Rees-Mogg, who is a key Liz Truss backer, has accused Rishi Sunak of being a socialist chancellor. So it's quite hard to really, you know, do this nicely, given what they're arguing. And and therefore, I, I think there is... a. I think as the contest progresses, it will just inevitably get nastier. And some of that will be smears, which aren't coming out of the candidates' mouths. But I would imagine on Monday they will try and, you know, bring back an air of professionalism to it. Katie Balls and Isabel Harmon, thank you so much. Thank you to Cindy Yu, our producer. And thank you all for listening. We will be back again tomorrow with the final parliamentary round. And we might even give you a preview, but we'll certainly give you a reaction to it. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.